Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. There's an interesting uh, bit of data in the paper today and it reminded me of my own childhood and I'll tell you why in a second. And data tells us there are approximately 400,000 adults in Ireland who are brought up with parental alcoholism. I was one of them. Around 200,000 children here are currently living with it. Despite these figures, the children of alcoholics do not have any place to seek professional support tailored to their specific needs. In the UK, the National Association for Children of Alcoholics operates a trauma-informed helpline for children and adult children of alcoholics, providing support via the phone. But equally, many thousands of children are raised with drug addicts and dysfunctional homes. But what is the solution? I mean, look, it's easy to say, let's set up a support line or a helpline for children to call. But a lot of these children are too young. And also, many children have become institutionalised, and that is their normal life. I mean, I remember when I was a kid in the back of the car while my dad was in the pub, my sister, my brother were in the back of the car and he'd bring us out a few packets of crisps and uh, a bottle of Coke each or something like that while we sat in the car for four hours while he was in getting drunk. And I remember that. But now don't get me wrong, I don't think it was quite very damaging to my life or anything like that. Maybe, maybe it did have some sort of bearing on my life, but I don't think so. But what I, that was my normal life. I wasn't going to ring a child line or a helpline or something like that to say, listen, my dad's getting pissed in the pub. I mean, because you loved your father, you know, and that was the way your life was. The same way as these children who are in this situation, although it's not good, it's not a good situation, I'm going to talk about that in a second, they see that as normal life. I mean, I mean, the obvious thing is you take the children out of the situation, into care and tussle, and they get involved, and then the children are separated and go into foster care, which is not the answer either, really, is it? I mean, that, well, the last thing you want to do is have children end up in foster care. That could be a worse situation. So what do you do? Bring in tougher laws, whereby parents get fined for being responsible for minors under the influence of alcohol or drugs? Don't think that's going to work, as who decides what's an acceptable level of alcohol when you're responsible for a child's well-being? I mean, this raises the whole question of drinking around your children. And I know you're all thinking, no, you're a non-drinker. It's not fair you talking about this. But my logical mind tells me you don't get pissed when you have children in the home. As you need to have, you need to be copus mentis when it comes to looking after young children, particularly. Now, if I watched parents with two children three days ago, I was having a bite to eat in a pub and I saw these parents, they were with their friends and they had two children. They had clearly been there the whole day, I'll be honest with you, because they were well on. And they're with their mates. Look, they were having a good time. I don't know what the story was. Maybe they were on holidays or something. I don't know. But the kids were running amok at the car park. And it's uncomfortable. It's a very uncomfortable sight that reminds me of my own childhood. Now, I felt bad years ago smoking in front of my children or with an eyesight of my children if I was smoking. I kind of felt bad. My son used to give out to me all the time over it. He'd say, Dad, you need to give them up and all that. And I felt bad. So why is it acceptable to drink in front of your children? Because they're both equally bad. Drinking is bad for your health. You know, copious amounts of alcohol is not good for you. We all know that. Drinking causes more deaths every year directly and indirectly than cigarette smoke. Yet we put a stigma to cigarette smoke and say don't smoke in front of kids because it's bad. It makes them want to do it. But yet we drink in front of our children and get pissed in front of our children. So is it irresponsible to drink in the presence of children? I see people bringing kids to pubs constantly, all the time. It's wrong. Maybe you disagree with me. And you think, no, no, you're a bit over the top there. No, no. Hold on for a second there. You can have a few drinks and bring the kids with you. There's nothing wrong with that. Teach them responsible alcohol. 
the pleasure of alcohol responsibly. I don't know. I don't think you can teach children that. But maybe you disagree with me. The number is 87 The question I'm simply asking is, is it irresponsible to drink alcohol in the presence of your children, your young children? Yes, you believe it's irresponsible, or no, you believe it's not. And maybe you've had an experience of living as a child with an alcoholic. I did, and I know what it's like. The number is 87 Is it irresponsible to drink alcohol in the presence of your children. Peter, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Peter? Not too bad, Niall. Good. Peter, I mean, is there anything irresponsible? Or am I a little bit over the top because I'm a non-drinker anyway and I had a bad experience with my own father? Is there anything wrong with drinking in front of kids? Yeah, I think I think it's terrible altogether. Like, I have a two-year-old son there and I wouldn't even think about it. Because, mm. like, to be honest with you, with my own experiences with my father, uh, it actually just turned me off to drink, that's being honest. Yeah, I was uh, I was probably the same actually in the same situation. Yeah, yeah my experience was the same. Yeah. Long time ago, like, mind you. Like every time we'd have an occasion there in the house, when we'd have ourselves going drink, and people would say, "You know, you're awful dry. Why don't you have a sup?" And we'd say, "You know, we're just not in the mood, and there's no point really." You know that the word is literally turned off because she had a similar experience, and I think I think that kind of mess and kind of turns the kids off to drink as they get older. Yeah. Because you, you're only looking at the, the bad effects of it. You're, you're seeing it straight up, you know. And do you do you think it has, you know, a really bad effect on children, you know, when, when they they grow up with an alcoholic? I mean, this report says currently in Ireland 200,000 children are living uh, with somebody who is, you know, has parental alcoholism. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, a lot, that's a lot of children, isn't it? I mean, that's I mean, a lot of kids. It is, yeah. It is. I didn't think the figure was that high, by the way. Yeah, that's shocking. Now I don't know whether you know what they how they gauge that. Is that just parents going out for a drink, or is that parents who are sloshed all the time? But I see parents on a regular basis pissed with their kids. Yeah, I suppose the pandemic would encourage it. With mm. The pub is being closed and everything. The home drinking, but yeah, yeah, of course. With, with my own experience, that's all I can really go off. Um, I, I, and how old I, how old would you have been at the time, Peter? Can, can you remember I'm, when you were a kid? I, I'm 29 years of age. Right. Okay. And I have a two-year-old son and married. Okay, so you remember when you were young and, and a parent yeah, would have like been drunk or like, whatever? I suppose, like, he was drinking every single day and if he didn't have a drink, he'd get the shakes and he just had to go out and get it and bring it home. He wasn't one to go to the pubs or anything like that. And he actually lost his job over the drink and then he eventually died from drink, you know. He was told by doctors many times, if you don't give it up, you know, you're going to die. And he was thinking, you know... Doctors only saying this to scare me, you know, and all this kind of crack. Yeah, and sadly, but, uh, he did die. He did die. Yeah. Yeah, and and what was it like, Peter? Because I I I I'm probably my father didn't die of alcohol. He died of a heart attack in the end, mind you. But in saying that, but I remember when he was now as he got older, he didn't drink as much. But when I was young, he drank quite a lot, and it was quite scary as a child. I remember going to bed early because I know I knew he'd be coming home, you know, drunk, and I just didn't want to be downstairs. Yeah, that was the same with me. You know, and I would have been only 10 or 11 at the time. Yeah, it's like, it's like he would have been in a world of his own. He, he'd be in the sit room there and he'd be listening to music and drinking away and no regard for anybody. And it's just, then the mother would go in and she'd say, you know, Jeffers, just stop. And then they'd be arguing and fighting and then we'd be listening to that and we'd be thinking, God, would he ever just stop, you know? And it's just, it's just, I, now I just, every time I even think about going and drinking, I just like, you know what, there's no point. And would, would you have a drink at all, Peter? Uh, at a wedding, no. I'd probably have one or two pints. Yeah. But that's just, that's, 
That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Neck, yeah. You know? But that's it. I always tell people, no, I'm a, I'm an occasional drinker, but. So when do you get the occasion? I, I know drink? people say, you know, you can have a social drink and everything else, and I'm sure you can. I, uh, you know, I'm not having a go with people who have a social drink and a go out and have a wee drink of the weekend or whatever it is, but I always believe it's the, the kind of rocky road to nowhere, you know what I mean? It's like smoking. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong, I smoke, so I, I can't really pontificate about smoking, but I do smoke, but I know it's bad for my health. And I, and I remember when I was smoking in front of my own kids, you know, I, was, I always was very conscious that it was, a, it was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, no, my uh, my wife smokes all right, but if she's smoking, like we have a two-year-old kid there, and if she's smoking, she'll actually go out of the house. That's right, yeah, yeah. She'll smoke, but she doesn't want the kid to see her, even though he doesn't really know what's going on yet. But she just, she has this uh, thing in her head that she just, it's out of the house and it's away from everyone. See, but the only thing I will, the only defense I will give to smoking, although it looks bad and it's bad for the individual's health, um, it doesn't really have any reflection in your behavior. In other words, it doesn't change your behaviour. Whereas alcohol greatly, unfortunately, changes people's behaviour towards their children. And the other thing as well is if you're responsible for children and you're in the house and you're hammered or you've had two bottles of wine and something happens to one of the children, who's going to drive them to the hospital? You know what I mean? Or who's going to look after them? There's not not too much difference between drinking and taking drugs. No. They all look the same, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're you're, you're out of your head when you're drinking and you're out of your head when you're taking drugs. So, like, what's the difference to me? Well, I, I'm I'm sorry to hear of your dad's passing. Anyway, how long ago did he did he did he pass away? Uh, he's dead now, about seven years. Seven years. But well, like everyone said, like years ago, they don't know how it happened. But he he was he was a good man for working. He had two jobs down, and he was just he was flat out all the time. And then all of a sudden, he just took up the drink and never went back. Yeah, unfortunately, so, it, it is the end of the road for a lot of people when they take up drinking. Yeah, you know. I'm sorry to hear but that, no, Peter. I just wanted to come on and just stay in my piece. Yep. But like, like you were asking, like, how does it affect children? And to stay in my piece, like, how it affected me, just turned me off it. Yeah, but that's a, I mean, now, that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, it is a good thing. Yeah. You know, it's a very good thing. Yeah, and I think, I, I think the same as yourself. That was probably part of the reason why I was turned off drink. And the other thing was I worked as a DJ in nightclubs and seen everybody else pissed all the time, so I never drank. <laughs> but anyway, Peter, thanks for that. I appreciate it, all right. And I appreciate you sharing that story with us. Angie, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Angie? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Angie, this idea that we think it's acceptable, you know, to bring the kids to the pub and sit there and get drunk and, you know, spend three or four hours after a meal drinking and the kids run around the car park, is that okay? I don't think it's okay at all. Mm. I think it's very much in the Irish culture, as in communions are held in pubs or hotels, every social event, even children's social events, christenings, they go to a hotel for a party and it still involves drink. You know, any gathering of any kind is usually held around a pub. Yep. Or a hotel. I, w- I was actually ringing to talk about there was a chain of pubs in England about 35 years ago that attempted to make child-friendly pubs and actually built in a soft play area and a beer garden with swings and slides outside. Right. Now, I went there a few times without children and it was just that organised chaos. The children were supposed to be supervised, which they never were, as you say, giving bottles of Coke after Coke, getting higher and higher and higher and just trashing the place yep. and crying and... You know, it, and after a few years, the playrooms just deteriorated so much they shut them down. The idea that you would even, the idea that you would even encourage people to bring children to a pub yeah, by putting a play area in is bizarre. It was, it was a chain. It was called the Firkin and something. They were all called the Firkin yeah. or something. And I just remember it thinking how bizarre. And then five years later, I moved to Ireland and I couldn't believe how normal it was for everybody to bring their children to the pub all the time. 
that was 30 years ago, do you know? Do you think culturally the UK are different? Do you do you think that there's less children in pubs? Now, I know they drink as much over there as oh, we oh, do. No, definitely. But... Uh, I think they tried to kind of make the Sunday afternoon um, was always a tradition for families to go to the pub, especially in the summer with the beer gardens before your Sunday dinner, you know? Yeah. Um, that being outside in a beer garden wasn't so bad because the children were playing, but it was the idea of bringing them into the pub. You know, See the the, the I suppose the popularity of the gastro pubs, as they call them, or the pubs that serve the pub grub, uh, over the last twenty years, that has grown, and now nearly well, a lot of pubs now, kind of fifty percent of them probably serve food. That has encouraged families, I suppose, to bring the kids to the pub. But they're no place for children. I, no, I, I just you know, if you want to have a drink, get a babysitter, or have one at home in the evening when the kids are in bed. But bringing the children into that environment because it's not even how much the parents are drinking, it's other people in the pub. I mean, if I said to a parent, if I said to a parent, would you bring your child into a room where everybody was smoking? They would think twice about that. You know what I mean? Or everybody was smoking joints. Would you do do that? No, you wouldn't. The pubs were having cigarettes then as well, so the children were in an alcohol and smoke-filled environment. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, but you wouldn't do it. Like if I said, do you want to bring your kids somewhere where everyone's taking drugs? No, you wouldn't. So no. why do you think it's okay? Because I always considered a pub, and I'm not having to go with people to drink, but it, to be an adult environment. I don't understand, because I think the children, the people that don't have children that are going out for a drink, it's not fair on them. A, a pub is not a place for children, it's adults. Mm-hmm. Adults are socialised, I think, myself, do you know? So what, what's the answer as well? I mean, look, that's part of the problem. Uh, you know, when, when I see a figure of 200,000 children are currently living in an environment where, you know, you have parental alcoholism, that's a yeah. shocking amount of children, by the way. Right, yeah. Uh, well, I did the 70s curbside, like you see outside the pub on the curb with our packet of crisps and our Coke, but there was about 20 of us. It was a done thing in London in the 70s. That's right, yeah, I remember, remember it well. On Sunday afternoon, we'd all be sitting in a row along the curb and whoever's parents brought out of the crisps and cokes, you know? Yeah, they, they even brought out the special packet. I think King, you wouldn't, I don't know whether you know King Crisps, Angie. Yeah, but, I do, yeah. But King brought out a special packet called Pub Crisps and it, it was a bigger bag so it kept the child <laughs> occupied for a bit longer. And my dad would bring out, he'd buy a large bottle of Coke and bring out three glasses <laughs> and yeah. we'd be in the car with the glasses of Coke and the crisps. But I think you enjoyed that as a child. You didn't, as you say, it was your norm and you didn't know any better. And you met all your friends whose parents were in the pub. You know, it was yeah, kind of like a, a weekly social event, you know? Well, my memories, I, I, like, I, I remember my dad getting into the car, like, drunk. Now, I mean, mm. like, pissed and yeah. driving us home. Mm. You know, and, and there was that whole thing about Irish men in those days. It was... You know, ah, oh, did you have a drink last? Ah, oh, yeah, I brought the car for a drink last night. Should the car knows its way home? And I'm going, imagine even having that kind of conversation nowadays with three kids in the back of the car with no seatbelts because we've no seatbelts in those days. Only three kids in the back of the car. We're a small family. <laughs> yeah, we were. We were three of us. There was only three of us. We I know. Engaged in, we were safer. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you did have friends, they'd be, there'd be people sitting on laps. And, and yeah. remember that, your yeah. dad would have his three mates with him. They'd be in the back. We'd be sitting on their laps sometimes on the way home because he'd be giving all them a lift home. And they and the, I can still remember the smell of alcohol in the car. Bizarre. Well, I can remember when they brought out the bagging in Ireland, you know, the drink driving when they brought out the laws. I think it was the late 70s. Six pints. Well, yeah, whatever it was, bizarre. Yeah. I remember them all singing... Um, songs about the drink and driving back. <laughs> I know. They brought, they, I remember the TV commercial. You're only allowed to have six pints and drive. I said six pints. Thank you, Angie.
Let me go to Peter. Peter in Ireland's Classic Hits. How are you doing, Peter? How's it going, Noel? Uh, Peter, you know, the, the right thing to do is not take the child off the parent and end up in Tusla and end up in foster care. That's not probably the right thing to do either. But in extreme circumstances, that has to be done. But how do we arrest this problem of children being raised by drug addicts or alcoholics? or Because you know, it's not good for a child. Yeah, it, I think it's always going to be ongoing, Noel. Um, like years ago, you'd see on a Sunday there'd be hundreds of kids running around the pub. But nowadays, it's, it's all changed and not a lot of people would bring their children with them. And I know a lot of people would sit at home and drink and a lot of fights happen like that. But mm-hmm. everybody like that drinks is not a bad person. I'm not suggesting for a minute they are. Oh, no, 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 no. no that. I'm yeah. just saying that like sometimes people need a bit of help and people to reach out. But then in the same sense, when kids go to these care homes and foster homes, there's problems there as well. No, well, I, 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 as I said, those... That situation where kids, particularly little young kids, would be separated from their siblings and put into foster care is equally, if not more damaging than maybe living with an alcoholic. Yeah, I've seen it destroy a family of four children and they were all separated and they were all distraught and they couldn't go together. And there's, there's a lot of problems after happening between now and then. And, and the children are like scared for life. Now, I know every foster family is not like that and every care home or whatever is not like that. But there are certain circumstances where kids are, are ruined in the system as well. Oh, look, there are some great foster parents. Peter, there are some great foster parents around, but equally there's as many bad ones. And I've heard, you know, from solicitors, horror stories about foster care, um, that we must raise the whole topic of it someday. It's a, it's a whole topic in an industry in itself, right? And the abuse of that industry, by the way, as well. But that's a whole other topic. But in, re- in relation to, you know, the idea of children being brought into pubs, that's become more common, I would say, over the last 20 years with, you know, as I said, the, you know, gastropubs are now more popular where you can go and get food and dinner and you see parents and that's great. Bring the little kids in, have dinner, boom, boom. But then they hang around for an hour or two. Yeah. And then they're running around the place and the, the barman shouting to control the kids. <laughs> I mean, it's not, well, that's not a good situation for children for, on, a, on a multitude of reasons. For, yeah, but I think it's dying out now. Like, I don't think so. I don't know what pubs you go to, Peter. I don't go to any <laughs> I was only in one the other day. I don't drink, but I was in one the other day. I had my dinner, and I saw there was four adults. There was two parents clearly with these children, and the, the children were bored out of their heads. They were running around the car park, everything, and the parents clearly had been there a while because they were three sheets to the wind. And yeah. then red lemonade and a packet of king was that? Oh, something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of shouting going on. There were kids that were firing stones out in the car park and everything. The father had to keep going in and out all the time. I mean, at that point, you'd be saying, come on, let's just go home, like. But they didn't. Yeah, it is. It's the, it, it can be, it can have a, a bad effect and a good effect on children. Like some children can look at it and say, oh, I don't want to end up like that. And then some children can use it as a, as a sort of excuse to say, well, the reason I'm going to do this now is because my mom and dad have me in the pub every weekend. So it can have good and bad effect on children as well. We, we, did your mum and dad drink? Uh, no, the father used to have a few pans watching an Ireland match or maybe on the weekend after work, but he never went to the pubs really. Yeah, because it's no fun. I mean, I, 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 I know because I, I, obviously my father drank a lot and it's, yeah. it's no fun to live with someone who drinks a lot. Oh, no. You know, equally is it's no fun to live with someone who's taking drugs either and, I, and I've seen that situation too where you see it's... It's difficult to watch when you sit. And I remember watching this couple one day up around Parnell Square. They were on the steps and she was banging up and he was standing beside the two of them were off their heads. And there was a baby in the buggy. Yeah. And I'm going, that child has no chance in life. 
Yeah. Well, I've seen that a lot now when, when it comes to addiction. I've seen a lot, but on the same side, I've seen kids look at a parent and want to do better and not end up like that. Yeah. So, but I mean, you, you imagine that child being brought back to an apartment somewhere or a flat. Or a hostel. Or, or maybe a hostel, yeah, maybe a hostel. Yeah. Or a flat somewhere where there's needles lying around, where there's people coming and going who are unsavoury characters, you know, and... I mean, the parents, neither one of them are, are capable if that child, you know, had a breathing difficulty or had, you know, a seizure or something like that, of looking after that child. No, and I've been in, in houses years ago when you went in to do your, your stuff and there'd be kids everywhere and it wasn't nice at all. Like, but mm. It didn't bother you because you were going in to do your thing and, and, and get out here quick. None of your business, but, yeah. I, even after when I got off the stuff, I, I'd still have thoughts of, of what them children actually went through and the people in and out of homes and that and the sort of life they lived but I've seen some of them recently and they've come out the other side and they're like jobs married and it, it can have a good effect and it can have a bad effect yeah Listen, Peter, thanks very much indeed. It can have a good effect and a bad effect and, and Peter obviously earlier on the other Peter that was on earlier on mentioned that his father was an alcoholic um, and passed away because of it, and that turned him off drinking for life, and probably did the same to me as well. Hi, now Stephen here. Just regarding your topic there on uh, children and things in pubs. No, they shouldn't be allowed into pubs. I walked to the pub in Dublin there a few years ago, a good few years ago, and now doing doors. And under no circumstances was their children allowed inside the door. They were barely allowed into the off license with their parents. And uh, it was grand. I walked in other places, and no, the children get bored. They're in there for seven and eight hours, and all they're fed is crisps and orange, and they're running around. They're getting hurt and they're upsetting other people. You know? So I don't believe that children should be allowed. They're all having a drink at home. That's grand. You can keep an eye on them when you don't have as much or whatever. Uh, they can go around with their friends and things, but when they're in a pub, they get bored, they start getting adventurous, run out in front of a car, anything can happen. Absolutely, anything can happen, of course. Hi, Niall. I used to work at a chemist in Ballyfermot, and the people who'd be on the, you know, getting their weekly methadone and whatever else they were getting, they used to come to the chemist and, and they had vouchers from the health centre which gave them, you know, so many tins of SMA, so many bags and nappies, etc, etc. Every week they'd come in and get all their stuff and they'd go around the corner and they'd sell it for, you know, money to go and buy drugs. I was only new in the chemist and I was absolutely appalled with the situation. I kept saying to the person that owned the chemist, please can we not do something about it? He said... You know, they've tried and tried, but they'll find some other way. And they'd have three and four babies with them in the car, in 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 the in their little buggies. Um, oh, my God, I was so sick. Thank you. Jeepers, that's heartbreaking, isn't it? So they were getting vouchers from the state to buy food for the babies because obviously they didn't have a job because they didn't hold down a job because they were drug addicts. And the vouchers they were getting, they were buying the food, the SMA and the nappies and everything, and they were selling them to other people to get more money for drugs. What a shocking, shocking story. That's the problem, isn't it? So what do you do in that situation? Drugs? Drink? Have you ever been in that situation or lived with somebody like that? What was it like? Jenny, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How are you doing, Jenny? Not too bad, Niall. How are you? Uh, I'm grand, but I I was quite taken back and it brought me back to my own childhood when I read this article today about 200,000 children living with, you know, alcoholism or drug addiction or whatever it happens to be. And And I don't know what the answer to it is, really. We need to talk about it more. That's the answer. We need to bring it to the forefront. Even um, today, 
there's still a stigma against it, even though there's 200,000 of us walking the streets. Mm. So everybody knows somebody who has an alcoholic mother, father, brother, sister, uncle or aunt. Every one of us. And we just need to talk. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Because it has a huge effect, a profound effect on a child. Because I remember it as a child. I remember being terrified of my father when he was drunk. Yeah. Yeah. And the psychological effects that that has on you today and back then. And it does. You can't get away from that. I Mm. mean, parents are supposed to, you know, they're see monkey, do monkey. We, we, we look at them for inspiration and, and coping mechanisms for life. And if you're looking at your mother or your father, paralytic, drunk, I mean, what, what does that feel like and what does that impact have on you? Mm-hmm. It has to have a horrific impact on you. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I love the man to bits, you know what I mean? And, you know, he, he yes. died at the age of 81 there about five years ago. And, and now, he, well, of that. course, you know, from the age of kind of 65, 70 onwards, he didn't drink as much because he couldn't. But mm-hmm. but in saying that, when he was a younger man, and, you know, when he was married my mum and, and we were a family, I do remember those nights where he would come in on a regular basis, you know, particularly if he had drank whiskey. My mother would be terrified that he'd drink whiskey. He drank pints of Guinness. But if he had a few whiskeys, he was a changed man. You know, yeah. um, he just wasn't the same individual. He was a horrible, horrible yeah. man. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of children live with that. And that's shocking. Yeah. And, and not just that, I suppose. It's just even being brought into pubs and seeing mum and dad with a few on them. That can be very uncomfortable for a child. Yeah, because their emotions seep into to, to us. You know, mm. their stress and negativity cascade down. Yeah. And were you in you that know, situation yourself? I was, yeah. I grew up with an alcoholic mother and she died when I was 23. Now, of course, you see, everybody's story is different, but what we have to, to, to do is to realise that our emotions from them stories are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. That's, if, I, if I get across nothing else on this phone call, that's what I want to say to each and every individual that's listening into your programme today. We all have a story, but our emotions are the same. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my mother was an alcoholic and just like smoking, you know, you start off with your first cigarette and I'm sure you remember your first I one. Do. I do. I was sick as, I was on a train and I was 13, sick as a pig. Yeah, anyway, what's the first thing you say when you get sick? I'll have another one. <laughs> yeah, but, um, and now you're probably up to 20, 30. I don't know and I don't want to know what you smoke. But 20 a day, 20. Yeah. yeah. So an alcoholic's no different. They start off you know, sipping and end up, you know, uh, drinking seven days a week. And that's what my mother did. But again, how my story is different is there was eight of us in family. I slept with my parents um, in the same bed until I was big enough to get out into my own bed. But the bed was in their room. And then my mother and father, you know, they lived separated in the one house. And of course, I moved into a bedroom with her. So all through my childhood and all through my teenage life, I lay in bed um, you know, waiting for her to fall in the top of me every night and burn the place down with smoke. And, you know, she tried to, she attempted to take her own, own life a couple of times. I witnessed all of that. I'm sorry, that's and, awful. Yeah, awful. And, and I, I, I mentioned earlier on, I'm sure you remember it too, I remember being in the car with my dad and his friends. We'd be sitting on their laps, myself and my brother and sister in the back of the car, after being in the pub for three or four hours with them. And it's that smell of alcohol, you never forget it. Never forget the smell yeah. of Powers whiskey as long as I live. Mm-hmm. And I, later day on his funeral, I went on a holiday with my mother, just my mother, even though there was eight of us. I don't know how I just ended up going with her, but we went with her, her sister. 
and her sister had nine children and we went, I don't know, to Tremor or somewhere but they stopped off in the pub to go in to see Lady Diana's wedding and we were left sitting in the car and the crisps and the coke and blah de blah like yeah. when you were talking about it I was like oh my good Jesus I remember that day yeah. not not uh, I don't have fond memories of it mm-hmm. you know because they, they came out of the pub and I'm talking about drink driving I mean how we got to our destination alive I know I, I remember but that's it it was, I know it was different times. And in those days, sure, I remember my father would be stopped by the police at the Garda Shikana after having 15 pints. Not a bother to him. My father, I know, and he he boasted about it at one stage, drinking 17 mm. pints of beer at a wedding, right? But yeah. the guard, the worst the guards would do is take the keys off you. Yeah. that was the, They'd take the keys off you tell you to go home and collect the car tomorrow. That's the yeah. worst they do. We could talk about this till the cows come home, but, but like, if anybody, if any of your viewers have any suggestions as to where to go next, you know, like, this is, you know, this is going on, and it's no, okay, maybe the drink driving is different, but it's going on in pubs. You, you said yourself you were in for something to eat and you witnessed it. Yeah. I witnessed it when I go into pubs. It's still going on. And it's probably even worse now because there's more house drinking, you know, well, it's, but it's, it's, see, the problem is it doesn't have a social stigma. Like, for example, when we put a social stigma on smoking, when we kind of realised how bad it was yeah. for health and we, and we banned yeah. it in pubs and we did all those things. I remember, you know, smoking outside the door of the house when I had my, my kids were young and you almost felt a little bit ashamed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, were, you were kind of hiding the cigarette in your hand because yeah. you didn't want the kids to see it. And, but we never did that with alcohol. And yes, alcohol, I mean, cigarettes don't change your behaviour, but they are, don't get me wrong, they're unhealthy, but they don't change your behaviour and make you, you know, do anything wrong. Um, But yet alcohol has such a profound effect on people and it it directly and indirectly kills more people every single year than cigarette smoke. And yet we seem to have this, oh, it's just great crack. Acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't you drinking, you dry shite? Jenny, I get that all the time. If I'm ever out at a party or weddings, you'll have a drink, will you? No, I don't drink. Ash, go on, you'll have one, will you? They're like every yeah. every Irish person is like a drink pusher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So well, we need we need to talk about it more, and we need to change that whole perception on it. Mm. And we'll only do that by bringing it to the forefront. Mm. You know. And what about what about things? Could we legislate, or is it over the top? Because I'm not a drinker, and I don't want to sound biased. But could we legislate to say ban children from pubs completely, or anywhere that's any licensed premises? Yeah, let's 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 put it out there. Yeah, why not? Everything else. Is that is that a bit over the top to suggest that? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think it's a place for kids. I mean, when I see kids at what weddings child? and stuff like that, it just gets bananas. It's bananas, yeah. What child wants to witness that? I don't think any child wants to witness that. It's no, uncomfortable exactly. for children. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. You're right. Listen, thank you very much indeed, yeah, Jenny. No, back back to the weddings. They should have a cut-off time. Yeah, you're not going to stop kids going to the weddings because it's a family event. But they should, you know, once the bar opens or, you know, put, yes, legislate some... Yeah, once the band starts playing. Yeah. Yeah, out the go. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't see. Now, the law states that you're not allowed to have a child in a pub after nine o'clock at night unless it's a private function. So uh, they are allowed to weddings and parties and things like that. Um, but I think we should change that law. I don't believe children, yeah. it's a place for children. But look, it's an adult environment. Mm-hmm. You know? So I know you're pushed for time there. I spoke to you about alcoholism uh, a long time ago as well. And I will come on again. Just keep talking about it. And fair play to you t- for bringing it up again today.
Thanks very much indeed, Jenny. All right, and, I'm, and thank you for sharing your experience with us. Uh, just to mention as well, uh, the HSE Drugs and Alcohol Helpline, if you need a number, the number is 1-800-459-459. That's 1-800-459-459. So if you are affected by anything that we were talking about today in relation to alcohol and drugs, the helpline number there, 1-800-459-459. And Niall, please... Foster care, you know, breaking up families by putting them into foster care. What do you do? Leave them in a family where there is alcoholism, and that leads to loads of different things. You, it leads to domestic violence. It leads to poverty. It lead, it leads to. And Niall, please, foster care, you know, breaking up families by putting them into foster care. What do you do? Leave them in a family where there is alcoholism. And that leads to loads of different things. You, it leads to domestic violence. It leads to poverty. It leads to children not going to school. Children having no boundaries. And us foster carers are giving those children a second chance. We're not breaking up families because we're on the road seven days a week, taking those children to meet their siblings, no matter what part of the country or the county they're in. We drive. We don't get paid for it. We drive them without question. We drive to see their parents. This can be once, three times a week. It can be once a month. Whatever suits the parents and the siblings. So, okay, there are a few bad foster carers, but don't knock us all by saying you're breaking up a family when a child comes into care. Thank you. I I did say, by the way, most foster parents are great people and wonderful people and very dedicated to what they do, but there are so many. It's a whole other debate, by the way, foster care. Um, I get what you're saying, but I have seen so many bad stories about people who end up in foster care and their lives end up worse. So I, I, I'm kind of wondering, is it worse to be in foster care or worse to be living with an alcoholic parent? I don't know. It depends on the parent and how bad they are, I suppose, doesn't it? Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.